Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is the Georgia Hair Podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about April Lady. Okay, so should we talk a bit about the plot yeah. of this one, which is a, is a bit of a... <laughs> slightly weak, isn't it? Yeah. A bit so it's one of the ones where they start when you're already married. Yeah, one of the rare ones. Yeah. So I don't think anyone where they you sort of enter it and they're already married. There's some where they marry very yeah. early on. Yeah, like a civil contract. Yeah. Uh, yes, and a convenient marriage. And mm. I think there is a lot of similarities between this and a convenient marriage, mm-hmm. which was... Um, convenient marriage was first I think mm-hmm. and it's got like the brother the you know do well brother yeah. and gradually throughout the book you know falling so, in love with each yeah. other sort, sort of thing um, so lots of similarities between that so they're already married and we sort of enter um, on a scene between um, Lord Cardross and mm-hmm. Helen Cardross Nell yes so Lord and Lady Cardross um, Nell for short and um they're having a conversation about um, her spending habits. Mm-hmm. It's and a conversation she... we've all had with our partners, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Hopefully not quite as... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uneven. Yeah, my husband has never set me down on the other side of a desk. No. And gone through my pills. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and she's been very extravagant. And sort of we know that she's given money to her brother yeah which um, she Bailing wasn't out of spe- trouble yeah which, which she wasn't supposed to which she promised him she wouldn't do mm-hmm. um and um so we yeah so we, so we start there oh and they decide to make a clean breast of it don't they yeah so she he pays off her bills yes yeah. and he just says he wants no more deception doesn't he yeah he said you can make a clean breast of it um i want all of your bills i'll pay them all and here's an extra hundred for you to buy yourself something pretty <laughs> yeah yeah so Oh, shortly after, she finds a bill That's from right. a dressmaker. Yeah. 350 guineas, wasn't it, for a court dress? Yeah. So and she, she hadn't tried to deceive him. It no, she all... genuinely forgot. She genuinely forgot, um, but she is very scared of this. She thinks that um, he is going to think that she... Just married him for the money. Yeah. Yeah, that he won't ever believe that she actually loves him. Yeah. Um, and she's very young and... Yeah. Yeah naive and basically the plot goes from there doesn't it it's all about how she tries to hide this bill from him and yeah. the various things she tries to do to get the money to pay this bill mm-hmm. which she's being done for and then you've got a little subplot of um letty cardross's half-sister um and her love affair with jeremy allendale yeah diplomat um and dysart Nell's brother and his sort of adventures around london yeah. So what do we know about Nell? So she's very young, isn't she? So I think yeah. th- when they married, she was 19, no, no, 18. No, 17. Oh, is that right? But yeah. now she's 19. Now she's... Oh. No, because they've been married nearly a year. So oh. maybe just turned 19. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't... So I remember the first time I read this, it was not one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's mainly because um, I find Nell quite, I found Nell quite tiresome. Oh, right. Um, just a bit silly and not strong enough, a strong yeah. enough character. Uh-huh. But actually, she's 18. Yeah. And, um, and, and she's know, just young and she's, yeah. yeah. I think she has her moments as well. Yeah. Like when Dysart holds up the carriage, she refuses to show that she's scared. I liked that. Yeah. And then also, in comparison to Letty... Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, 
actually when you put her against the silliness of yeah. Letty, she actually has got a sensible street running through her, and she's and 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 she's much more poised for her age. Yeah, I think she is quite poised mm. and graceful and um, and actually a little bit more worldly mm-hmm. than. You know, she at first yeah. appears because I think she does have a naivety. Yeah. But in terms of understanding the way she should go on in society and the, yeah. um, well, she comes from good stock, doesn't yeah. she? And she's, I guess, she's seen some of the dodgier sides of, of life from just her own family with her dad being yeah. quite a dissolute kind of character by the sounds of it. He's a big gambler, womanizer. She yeah. seems to be aware of his behaviour to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, and the yeah, and she's like has sympathy for her mother, doesn't she? Who, yeah, who's um, obviously suffered a, a disappointment in the father. Um, yeah, because he was yeah, not not a great, not a great guy. No, no, and I think her her mother though is part of the reason she finds herself in this pickle because yeah, she seems like a silly lady. <laughs> well, yeah, you never actually meet her, do you? But we know that um, before Nell married Cardros, her mum warned her you know that you know what to expect from a society marriage you know you know he'll probably be with other women try not to worry about it don't bother him too much you know don't be overly affectionate just do your duty kind of thing yeah and so that's the example that Nell's followed yeah yeah and actually the reader knows quite early on that she is in love with him yeah and he is in love with her yeah and everyone else knows and everyone else knows that or everyone definitely knows that he loves her because else why would he get involved with this family (laughs) who is in huge amounts of debt and he had to pay an awful lot for her Mm -hmm. uh and and so we all know that and so the book is really about how the two main characters find that out and discover that actually they were in love Mm -hmm. with each other all the time yeah reading the second time i actually like the two principal characters a bit more than i did previously but i did find myself thinking Kajos wooed her badly yeah. if he didn't if he wanted a love match he was in love with her but yeah. he didn't somehow manage to convey that yeah and it, yeah so I guess I, like Letty telling her about his previous mistress yeah made it awkward I guess from his point of view though so he said I mean yeah from his point of view he um he saw her mm-hmm. he I mean she's beautiful isn't she yeah so um oh he snapped her up before she'd been out a month yeah yeah Mm. um but i guess from his point of view he couldn't understand why um he wouldn't be able to understand how anyone how she could not think that he loved her because else why would he ask her to marry because you know she's you know she wasn't the most eligible she's got money yeah um so why else would it would it be Mm. and and he feels like he's been very affectionate towards her and um mm. and shown that but but she thinks it's just all consideration yeah being polite yeah and yeah. just being a nice a nice guy and a nice husband and i guess maybe if we're being generous he was in that relationship thinking okay i'm 31 she's 17 maybe i'm not i don't need to come on too strong maybe i just yeah. need to give this a little bit of time to breathe and her to get comfortable yeah, with but, me yeah absolutely but it well maybe it's definitely our modern sensibilities but marriage surely isn't the best uh best place already being married Mm -hmm. is not the best time to (laughs) be wooing yeah yeah your wife the horse is bolted yeah yeah and 
she's very young and I guess he married her because he fell in love with her yeah. without really without knowing whether she liked him mm. it, it almost seemed like mm. he asked her to marry him without really caring if at that point she liked him yeah I think there are some references to him saying that there were some like some flashes of affection in, in their early days yeah but not not more than that no yeah no I think she, he definitely thought I don't know I, I like this girl I want to marry her and she'll come around yeah and probably like I'll be a good husband yeah you know I'll, I'll, yeah. be fine. I'll, I'll win her I'll seduce her I'll yeah there was one bit that really disturbed me though early on while they're having this conversation about her bills um, and he reaches out his hand to her mm. and she ignores it um, and she says that she had not been able to respond to it as in general she had forced herself to respond to any advance made by him mm. and you're thinking she's forcing herself to respond to advances yeah. by him that's I, I get that she's holding back because she doesn't want to overwhelm him with her feelings or, or, yeah. or reveal how much she loves him yeah but that's still so sad it is really sad um, and I, and I think that's right. I think it's only because we know that she does love him mm. that makes that mm. palatable. Because if mm. you know, it's not yeah. it's not very nice otherwise, is it? I mean, we know that they're having sex because she's disappointed yeah. that she's not having a baby. Mm. And uh, my mind was boggling yeah. slightly about how those nighttime adventures took yeah. place because that just sounds like so so awkward. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, that's it. And it, I think it's just hard for us to understand yeah. um, what that relationship, that intimate relationship must have been like mm. when neither one of them knew yeah. how the other one felt. Yeah. That seems odd Yeah, to us. Both loving each other, both hiding it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Weird. So their relationship um, is established in that first scene where they're talking about the, the unpaid bills, bills. Yeah. Um, and so she is um, so yeah so we're coming to the end of the conversation so the consciousness of having already deceived him as much as his threat coupled as it was by a certain look of inflexibility in his face almost overpowered her in suppressed agitation which rendered calm reflection impossible she said hurriedly oh yes yes very well, we, shall, we shan't speak of it again then. The flurry of her heart subsided, and in a subdued voice she said, Thank you, indeed I, I am very much obliged to you. I did not mean to be such an extravagant wife, nor I such a tyrannical husband. We could deal much better than this now. So we know, um, so she is young she's 18 yeah um and 17 when they got married and then we know he is he was 31 when they married yeah so that is an age difference isn't it um and i know it probably wasn't it was quite common yeah that kind of age yeah that would have raised any eyebrows back then but it's not surprising that their relationship then is this Mm. sort of dominant Mm -hmm. and subservient yeah relationship a little bit like yeah and there's that reference to sort of him as the schoolmaster yeah um i mean he's had a better education he's got all the political power he's got all the wealth yeah there's no way really that she has any power over him no other than that he loves her yeah yeah exactly and yeah which she doesn't know 
Yeah, which she doesn't know, and and she's, um, and so no wonder she feels a bit like that, a little bit like, mm. like a naughty schoolgirl mm. um, who's sort of been caught out because yeah. that's a little bit how he's treating her. Yeah, I think he doesn't make enough allowances. She, her family doesn't have any money. She would have had no experience of managing a budget, none at all. Yeah, and I think she, it's said early on, isn't it, that um, she she couldn't because they, her family hadn't, hadn't hadn't actually had very much mm. money um he gave her an allowance yeah. some pin money mm. and um she couldn't believe how much it was yeah. and thought oh it can never run out yeah um but of course it can yeah. you know when you're buying 300 pound dresses and nine hats you know what like 300 pound dress i think i've ever i've ever bought a 300 pound dress and that was and that's in yeah. now money yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Not then> money <laughs> must have that been that would be thousands and thousands of yeah, pounds it was lace wasn't it in a court dress so I imagine yeah I guess I guess they didn't it. buy as much then as well and obviously they were rich yeah. but like um, buying couture but yeah just like extraordinary amounts of money on yeah your but I think also there was an expectation that she would be she would be spending quite a lot of money because she is a fashion setter yeah as yeah. the wife of an earl she needs to to set that standard pretty high doesn't yeah. she yeah and I think it's, I think you're right that he has an unrealistic expectation mm. of her in general. Like, he thinks he's seen something in her, mm. um, what's it called, a vitality or something like mm. that, I think yeah. it's referred to. Mm. Um, but he hasn't given her, he hasn't mm. given it any time to find that out or yeah. before he asked her to marry him. I there was no courting. There's very little courting, I suspect, yeah. Bit of, bit of dancing at all, Max, that's probably about it. But mm. I think he was also quite unreasonable in... Um, in expecting her to turn down Dysart's requests for help. He's yeah. a family. Yeah. And without explaining it properly. Yeah. Like, because she's too young and he doesn't want to say anything that's going to worry her too much or worry she, he won't, she won't understand properly. Yeah. Like, she obviously doesn't realise how bad Dysart is and how yeah. much he's getting into the wrong company yeah. and doing the wrong things. Hanging out with Cripplegate. And he, instead of taking the time to sort of show her that and to explain mm. it to her and the reason why it would be bad to lend him yeah. money to lend you know to um, encourage his lifestyle yeah um he just forbids her to do it yeah and it's kind of like well i've said it and that should be reason enough. yeah yeah so it is this really um in the start they've mm. got this really unequal relationship mm. which is more like father and daughter or schoolmaster and people yeah people rather than husband and wife I think it's Felix who has a nice line at one point where he says that he he always heard that in love matches the first year of marriage could be quite prickly for the arguments and that seems to be the the case in this one yeah because I guess you yeah the more you care the more the more it matters yeah so Cardros we know that he's um Handsome, charming. Yeah. Talented. I don't think we know all that much about him. He's not on the page no, very much. He's not. He's not. He's he's not one of my favourite heroes. He's got a nice dry sense of humour. Yeah. Every now and again when you get to Yeah, I mean I think he's quite a you know, a likable character in his way. I just don't think there's very much depth to him. We yeah. we we are with Nell a lot more. We are yeah, yeah. we are seeing it from her mm-hmm. point of view if you, uh, a bit a bit more. I mean there are some passages that are from his point of view which is how we know mm. how he feels about her and how he fell in love with her mm. and and how everybody warned him against marriage but yeah but all we really know about him 
is that he is in love with her. Yeah. We don't really see very yeah. much more about him. Yeah, I guess he wants to look after Dysart. Like, he wants to yeah. get him into a cavalry regiment and uh, let him start his life in the military, which seems like a yeah. sensible option. I don't even know he's a good man. Yeah. Because I think, I think Felix, who... Oh, yeah. He's probably, I think, the best character in this. We know more about Felix than we do. Yeah. Than we do Cartrell, don't we? Yeah. Um, and I think he makes reference to him being, you know, you know a good mm. a good man in a in a mm. tight spot sort of thing. Like, we know he's yeah. helpful to his friends and yeah. things like that. But, yeah, uh, I just... He's not he's not one of the best So heroes. can we just push him aside and talk about Felix for a while? Oh, yeah. Harvey, <laughs> he's a good one, right? Yeah, he's good. I think he he's very similar to a lot of the secondary characters. Yeah. Um, where they provide some, you know, some like relief. Mm. They're these bachelors that. Yeah. Um, oh my god, is he needed in this book? Yeah, definitely. And uh, so he is um, Cardos's cousin. Yeah. And um, Nell's Cecibo in chief. Yeah. He's described as. And actually, there's a really nice bit in the book where they describe this role of Cecibo. Yeah. So let's have a look at that. Mr. Heatherset could be depended on to gallant one uncomplainingly to quite the dullest party of the season, and there was no need to fear that the abandonment of formality would lead him to encroach on his position. He was neither witty nor talkative, but a certain shrewdness characterised him. His bow was perfection, and his grace in a ballroom unequalled. Even Letty, who said that his notions of propriety were quite gothic, did not despise his escort when she went to Almax. Almax was abominably slow, of course, and his haughty patronesses, by far too high in the instep, but any lady refused a voucher of admission to its sacred precincts must consider herself to be socially damned. To attend the assemblies gallanted by Mr. Heatherset ensured for one the approval even of censorious Mrs. Drummond Burrell, and had been known to win for a perfectly insipid damsel a condescending smile from that odious Countess Leven. Yeah. So, uh, good, yeah, good man to have about. Yeah. Um, Lynn's, yeah. Yeah, it's like when your partner doesn't want to go to see a particular film with you or something, it's like, oh, I'll just go with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting how that would work nowadays, <laughs> isn't it? But um, yeah, and and not a threatening. So he, yeah. yeah, not a threatening character. You know what? He's a bit like Freddie. I I definitely had vibes of yeah. Freddie. So I, I am always thinking of Freddie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he's he is like Freddie. I I wonder if did um was this before or after Cotillion? Because um. Interesting question. I wonder whether you know this happened, and then she really liked Fred uh, Felix, so he turned into Freddy. I think it's before. No, sorry. I think um, Cotillion is before it. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that that there goes that theory. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think he is, um, yeah, very similar to a Freddy character, or yeah. some of, or you know, one of the um, one of the guys in uh, Friday's Child. Yeah. Yeah. One of the friends in Friday's Child that. Help Kitty out. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Not Kitty. Not Kitty. Not Kitty, hero. Hero. <laughs> Get uh, it together, Rachel. You're embarrassing yeah. us. Um, yeah, so, yeah, good character yeah. and and helps Nell out a lot because, um, so one of the, um, one of the things that Nell does to try and pay off this debt is to go to the moneylender. Oh, okay. Hello. Which is a big... Is this the, the <laughs> troubling reference klaxon moment? It is, yeah. Because what is that moneylender referred to as, Rach? I don't want... So, he's duking. Yeah. That's not okay. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. And in fact, there is a few 
yeah troubling oh, yeah. bits of yeah of, of this where money lenders are almost always jewish apparently in this yeah yeah um yes that's it's not okay jarring, isn't it yeah yeah we talked about this about it wasn't about um anti-semitism i think it was about other racism oh. um in what do we uh, was it um black sheep i thought it was the unknown ajax oh like it's black uh i don't know anyway yeah um one of them um mm. and it is it's it's jarring when you read it mm. Mm. um how do we move out of this cul-de-sac <laughs> <laughs> i think we just play the music <laughs> And then should we briefly talk about Letty? Oh god, I, I, re- I really find her tiresome. She hasn't got a lot to... I lot suppose she's spirited. Refreshingly honest? Yep. But I... I don't know. This She's bit, loyal in her affections. She is, but it, to a point where it doesn't really make sense with the rest of her personality. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Like, I'm not... Like, this... And, and he is quite a dull character, isn't he? very sensible yeah long-winded yeah and I get you never get a few of these relationships in in the book in yeah in her books because you uh, um, like um, Fanny and uh, Edward Marling oh yeah yeah in um, These Old Shades that is mm, a sensible mm. man with quite a flighty mm. silly um, yeah woman shit um, yeah, and um, so I get you get a few of those, but this one I just found a little bit um, unbelievable because she's yeah she she's quite, really quite silly yeah. and um, and he is not just sensible he is just a bit boring yeah and I don't like any she is yeah but what she's prepared to give up all of her um. All of her money and all of her, mm. you know, her comforts mm. and all of the things she apparently holds very, very mm. uh, dear. Uh, and she's not, you know, she's, she's got no notion of economy and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And she's prepared to give that up for him. She also has no notion of morals. She just no. steals a necklace. And yeah. Really doesn't see why that was wrong. Yeah. That's that's troubling. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine her as a diplomat's wife? No, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know about that one. But um, uh, by the end of it, I was just like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, send her to Brazil." <laughs> yeah. I do not want her in this story anymore. Yeah. But yeah, so that was nice when um, Cardos at the end just goes, "Yeah, do you still want her after all of this?" Ed? <laughs> <laughs> Although that was a troubling bit as well. There was something about um, some reference to so Cardos is saying, "I hope um, Andel." Is it Allendale? Yeah. Yeah. Um, beats her daily oh, yeah. or something, which is a bit, oh, God. I know, I, I don't think he actually means it, but mm. actually it's not okay to joke about it either. No. No. <laughs> Again, I got us into Although... a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you would quite happily beat Letty, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But <laughs> it's not okay. It's not Can okay. Can we just say that? I'm not going to do it. Right, can we move on to the slightly nicer task now of talking about Dysart? Yeah. Because... I like Dysart. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a good one, isn't he? Yeah. And and he, and he actually, he's probably one of the most, one of the more um, layered characters in this. Yeah. Because, you know, he is a young rake 
Yeah. And um, following in the footsteps of his father. Yeah. And he's getting into all sorts of trouble and things yeah. because he's bored and idle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he really wants to join the army, doesn't he? Yeah. But his mum sort of coerced him into promising. Yeah. Her so his that she father's not happy about it because he is the only, he is um, the oldest. So he's the heir yeah. and um, the other son is too young or something, is, is very young. Oh, is there another son? I think so. Oh, I think okay. there's reference to another, another son, but he was he's very young at that point. Yeah. And of course, you know, you don't want your heir to go off and get shot. Yeah. But um, this means that he has no occupation mm. and he's idle mm. and the devil makes work for idle hands. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's looking very much directly at me, <laughs> like an ac- accusation as she said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he does. Uh, I think his passion to join the military is actually backed up by some sound knowledge. There's a scene in this where yeah. he's drunkenly talking to some guy in the street um, about tactics and strategy. Yeah, and it seems like he really knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's obviously his passion. Yeah, and all of that energy is being. Um, yeah, is being put into all the energy he's got that he mm, wants to, mm. you know, go off and do something is being put yeah. into these silly, yeah, yeah, unworthy jokes things. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they're often military mad young men in these books. Yeah, but like Richmond in the yeah. Ajax. Yeah, you don't always get the sense that they're going to contribute much to the war effort mm. once they're over there. Like, what do they actually know about yeah. about this this life? But yeah. No, Dysart's done the research. Yeah, he's good, and he has got a moral, yeah, moral streak as well. Like he cares a lot about his sister. He mm-hmm. cares a lot about his mother. Mm. He um, is, yeah, seems like he's a loyal friend. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The relationship between Dysart and Mister Fancott as well is oh, is Mr. brilliant. Corny, corny. What is Corny short? Cornelius, not sweet corn. Probably not. Okay. Yeah, Cornelius, of course. I think there's a there's a bit there's a passage where it really sums up the relationship between Dysart and Mr. Fancott. So this is um, so one of the things that is it Dysart who's trying to help um, nail out of her difficulty. One of the things he comes he comes up with is holding up Nell and Letty's carriage sure. on the way to some party and um, stealing her um, her jewels. Yeah. Um, so that yeah to try and raise the money, which apparently he doesn't have a moral problem with. <laughs> um, so so this is Nell just making sure that Mr. Fancott's not gonna. Um, not going to spread the the word about mm. um mr fancott said now almost over, overcome with mortification i'm persuaded i've no need to beg you not to tell anyone why dysart tried to hold me up tonight i shouldn't dream of it mr fancott assured her earnestly wild horses couldn't drag it out of me well it stands to reason they couldn't because now i come to think of it i don't know you don't know she repeated incredulously i forgot to ask him he explained well, I mean to say, no business of mine. Di said, come and help me hold up my sister's carriage. And I said, done. Or so, some such thing. <laughs> I just love that. Amazing. Um, unquestioning loyalty. Unquestioning loyalty. Yeah. So, Mr. Fancourt, not the sharpest tool in the box. No. But loyal to Dysart. And, yeah. work, you know, never, ne- you know, 
never turns down a challenge, never turns down a yeah. bet, never um, would never shy away from. And we also know about friend. about Corny that he uh, can't sing, and that he falls asleep <laughs> when he's drunk. Because <laughs> towards the very end of the book, there is a, a beautiful scene where um, Nell is trying to track down Letty. Yes. So she goes to Mr. Allendale's. Yeah, so so now so maybe we should say about um the necklace goes missing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um and Nell suddenly realizes when when she originally thinks it's Dysart, um uh, he turns up, it's not Dysart. Yeah. She thinks, "Oh my goodness, the necklace is really missing." But then and she hears that Letty's gone. AWOL. Yeah. So then she realizes it must be Letty. Mm. And so she goes off trying to find her. I must admit, I was a bit, I was a little bit slow to suspect Letty. I definitely should have done. But yeah. I, I just assumed surely she would know that that wouldn't be acceptable. Yeah. But no, she thought it was fine because yeah. it was a family, family because necklace. she thinks yeah, it's a family necklace, so it's <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Nell goes to Mister Allendale's home, um, but she doesn't know which one he lives at, what number he lives at. Uh, but she remembers that Felix lives on the same street, so she goes to his front door, and uh, if, luckily he's coming out at the same time, and they have a chat on the on the doorsteps. I think for quite a yeah. while. About and, and it's not Hill. done. A, a oh, young yeah. matron visiting a bachelor's home, or two, so, <laughs> yeah, two bachelors' home, um, and and they try at Mr. Allendale's, but he's not around. And so they decide that they're going to call a carriage to get them to Hackney to get them back to to Cardross's house. Yeah. Um, but who should arrive on the scene but a very drunk Dyser and Van Gogh. It's Miss Van Gogh's birthday. Oh, it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah, which he <laughs> is not shy about telling people. <laughs> and they're arguing over who gets to use the carriage. And sort of somehow in this drunken haze of Dysarts, he realises that his sister looks like she's just been coming out of the home of her placebo and he's not happy about that he's really up on his high horses yeah. um so they get into an argument in the street it's very drunken let's have a look at this passage so dysart is telling mr heatherset felix that he's going to take his sister home i am going to take her home yes and i'm, I'm dash well going to tell cardos what sort of a made game you've been playing my buck Oh dear, what are we to do? said Nell distractedly. Felix, there are a couple of men coming towards us. Good God, there's nothing for it. We shall have to take him along with us. Get into the hat, cousin. Take him with us? But if Cardrill sees him in this shocking state? Lord Giles knows what he is, said Mr. Heatherset impatiently. Good heavens, said Nell rather faintly. Then that must have been what he meant. How very dreadful. Here, wait a bit, suddenly said the Viscount. Where's Corny? Can't leave Corny behind. It's his birthday. Well, thank goodness he is gone at least, said Nell as Mr. Heatherset handed her up into the coach. If only we could persuade Di... Oh! Good God, what's the matter? demanded Mr. Heatherset as she recoiled from the vehicle. He hasn't gone, said Nell despairingly. He's inside, and I think he's fallen asleep. <laughs> well, I'll be gormed, ex exclaimed the Jarvey, peering into the coach. He must have quite round while I wasn't a-watching him and got him by the other door. Now I'll have to haul him out again. No, no, pray don't, begged Nell, hurriedly getting into the coach. Only let us get away from here. But I can't let you drive around town with a couple of ensign bearers, expostulated Mr. Heatherset. Oh my God, if it ain't Bottisham bearing down upon us. Well, that settles it. We can't stay here another moment. Here, Dyson, stop looking for Fangor under the hack. He's in it. 
With this, he thrust the bike out into the coach, gave a hurried direction to the Jarvie, climbed into the coach himself and slammed the door. <laughs> I was worried with this one mm. that um, you weren't going to have an opportunity to do any accents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've forgotten about the... The Jarvie. The Jarvie. Well, I'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. When he says he must have croaked round. <sighs> Crept to crope? That's a strange, um, isn't it? Makes me uncomfortable. I think I would have spent a lot of my time correcting Jarvie's language <laughs> if I was around by then. <laughs> <laughs> so everything comes to a conclusion back at Cardra's house yeah so they all get back there mm-hmm. um, and then Cardra turns up he'd been looking for Nell because he thought that she'd run away yeah oh and then because he'd accused her of stealing the necklace yeah that was a horrible scene actually that scene yeah. where he accuses her of stealing the necklace because yeah. obviously she's then that's when she realises that it must have been Letty that stole mm-hmm. it because, um, because yeah, there's a the jeweller comes to see him and says a young le- a young lady, a heavily veiled lady, came yeah. in to to sell the necklace to him, mm. and um, and he's obviously so angry. He mm. was really angry with mm. her and said some horrible things to her. She obviously knew it wasn't her, um, yeah, and so, and and then and that's why he thinks she's done a runner. Yeah, but he comes back to find his cousin there, Nell yeah. there, and two drunk young men <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sitting there, drinking stout. I think at this point, some sort of ale, um, yeah. <laughs> just to sober them up. Which yeah. is a strange concept to me. And uh, Mr. Fenkel is inviting. <laughs> thinks it's his house at first, and is inviting people to <laughs> yeah. um, to sit Come down and, and, and can I get you a drink? Yeah. Why are there only two glasses? Yeah. Here? Uh, yeah, so, and it all basically comes together at the end, doesn't it? Yeah, when Cardus arrived, arrives, um, Dysart gives him a bit of a telling off, which I quite enjoyed. Mm. Because, yes, and, and that's when, because um, of what Dysart's saying about um, Nell accusing her, mm. uh, sorry, Nell accusing him in the first place of stealing mm. the necklace, he realises that it wasn't Nell, mm. it must have been Letty. Yeah. Um, and so the um, husband and wife make yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not one of the greatest, oh, I love you, scenes. It's... No. They've got quite an audience, haven't they, at first? <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. And all these drunks, though. It doesn't count the same way. So when he finally gets rid of everyone, I guess just shoving them out the door, largely, um, Cardross comes over to Nell. How much longer did you think I would wait to get you to myself? She did not answer him, but blushed a little, meeting his gaze shyly but very openly. There's so much to say to you now, and God forgive me, so much to unsay. My darling, I wish I'd cut my tongue out before. No, there is nothing to unsay, because you didn't say those things to me, she intervened. They hurt me only a very little. Not as much as I deserved, perhaps, for I'm afraid I had been extravagant and and deceitful and very foolish. And above all very foolish, she agreed, turning her words into a caress. It seems I've been a great deal too easy with you, madam wife. That will not happen again. So you thought I offered me because I wanted a wife, and saw nothing in you to disgust me, did you? Now, how could you be such a goose? The blush deepened, she hung her head. Mamma said that you were disposed to be fond of me and considerate, and she warned me not to hang on you or, or to appear to notice if perhaps you had another interest. I'm obliged to Mamma, and did it seem to you that I had another interest? No, but I knew, she said simply. The first time we met, Letty said that I was prettier than your mistress. She was right. 
I wish I could think that Allendale would beat her. Oh, yeah, that's very. Some threats of violence. Um, from the moment I saw you, now you have had all my heart. That is the truth. Dysart said that. He said that everyone knew it too. I infinitely prefer your brother to my sister. But why, my foolish little love, did you then keep me at an even greater distance? She looked up again. You see, I owed Lavelle more than £300, so how could I do anything else until that dreadful debt was paid? With that on my conscience, I couldn't tell you that I had been agonisingly in love with you from the very beginning. And if you had discovered the debt, you would never have believed me. But I was, Giles. Farley, quietly entering the room at that moment, beheld his mistress locked in a crushing embrace, and with instant presence of mind stepped noiselessly back into the hall. There he remained for some few minutes, after which, with a little fumbling with the door handle, he entered the book room for the second time. My lord, before the mirror above the fireplace, was pensively absorbed in some delicate adjustment to the folds of his cravat. My lady, a trifle dishevelled but otherwise a model of fashionable decorum, was seated in a large armchair. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine springing apart. And yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing, a husband and wife being caught <laughs> having a cuddle. <laughs> Yeah. It's so weird to have like servants just walking around and yeah, you know you have no privacy. No, I guess that's why you you have to cultivate that that sense of they don't really count because yeah. otherwise they are watching your life like it's a reality yeah. TV show. Even when you have like people to stay with you, mm. it's it's quite like it's quite difficult. You can't relax. I mm. find when you have people to stay with you, you can't really relax properly mm-hmm. because there's people there and. Mm. Thinking, but to have people there all the time. But yeah, I think you're right. You have to sort of think, oh, they're part of the furniture. Yeah. Ugh. Not healthy, is it? <laughs> Having husband. said that, I'd quite like it. <laughs> Actually, I was just about to say, yeah, I would still really like someone to <laughs> do all my housework. <laughs> I've got a question. Why is this book called April Lady? So I look, tried to look this up because mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know, know what it meant. And there is, if you Google it, it just comes up with this book. Oh. But there is one reference, and I'm, yeah, I can't, um, it, was, it was something I read, like a blog I read, um, which maybe we could, I, I don't remember the, re- um, mm. the exact reference, but it was something about, um, because April is spring, mm-hmm. and then spring lady, so, which sort of meant like a bit naive and young. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, which sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. So it means like a, yeah, a young, naive um, fresh okay. lady okay box fresh box fresh <laughs> which makes sense for now doesn't it yeah I'm okay with that interpretation yeah Fair enough. I just thought there would be a reference to it at some point in the book but there isn't is there no we're supposed yeah I think we're supposed to know alright or not care oh yeah by the way if we were to have any follow up books I yeah mean, god not Letty not letting would would you choose to follow the career of Dysart or Felix you see I think Felix is going to remain a bachelor mm-hmm. um I think he, he, he's not he's, he's not in the petticoat line is he no and he's you know I'm not really particularly interested in women yeah I get that feeling yeah um so but Dysart might be interesting yeah I think he's, he, he's got space to better yeah. himself hasn't he he's a bit wild yeah yeah he needs sort of a woman to take him in hand after he gets back from the army yeah after he gets back if from he gets war. back from the army yeah he will do don't say that <laughs> none of them die they all have, live happily ever after <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah but no I'd quite like to know what happens to Dysart yeah agreed okay
well that's it for this episode looking at april lady um rachel and i have decided to choose a book that we are confident that we will actually enjoy yep Frederica, we're both really excited about this one. The, uh, this was, I think this probably is my favourite one. It's between this and Cotillion, mm-hmm. and um, but actually, this is definitely my most frequent reread. Nice, I love this book. So, little teaser for you guys: restorative pork jelly. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.